Do you remember doctors who were um, run out of their careers for talking about vitamin D and the COVID flu? I do. Do you remember doctors and scientists who were charged with crimes for selling vitamin D supplements and, and such, suggesting with such wild abandon that things like vitamin D and zinc can increase your or help your immune system be robust? I do. Do you remember a president who has had the Supreme Court for whatever reason, decide to give the the Congress access to his uh, tax records prior to being president and for a little bit of time where he was in there, just decided to hand those over right after they raided his house. Not the Supreme Court, but the, um, the mobbed-up entity that is the so-called Department of Justice raided President Trump's house and then later said, yeah, there's not much, not much interesting in these documents. But then they said, then they said, um, we're still not going to let you see them. We're still not going to tell you what's there. They're fighting the judge. Now, we don't want you to see this. Do you remember all that? So, man, that, that, that government, they just go after people who commit crimes financially. Just so impressive. Well, you know, not if you're Sam Bankman Freed. Not if you're the CEO of this disgraced company, FTX, and the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, they continue to insist that Sam Bankman fried was just a wayward youth, just doing the best that he could. So what is the true story? And incidentally, um, Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital Manager, is going to join us here. And incidentally, on that topic, on that topic about what is the true story, What is it that Zach sent me a note about saying, oh, there's so much happening and it's getting no attention? The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Zach Abraham, KnowYourRiskRadio.com, and Board Capital Manager is going to swing by. I want to just tell you this about Sam Bakeman Freed. If you read the Times and you read uh, the Wall Street Journal, you would think that this guy, oh, he just got in over his head. No, he didn't. Uh, there is a fantastic article from Coindesk that says that the collapse of FTX was not an accident. It was a crime. Among the crimes. Now, think of what we just talked about in the introduction. Think about that. We just talked about these uh, these um, these crimes or so-called crimes that the government went diving into and, and puts people through the process is the penalty type stuff. Just think about this. Sam Bankman fried at FTX stole, according to this article, he lifted $10 billion from customer deposits and started funneling them into other, other uses. 
such as his investment firm or hedge funds, Alameda. So you deposit money in FTX and you're told, and he said, made a point. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to loan money. We're not going to invest your money. We're just going to hold it. We're going to just earn a service fee. Well, that wasn't true. According to this article, he started to funnel that into his investment firm run by a young woman and really young as the CFO with whom he apparently slept and had sex. They were in a relationship and she liked to talk about how much she likes to use stimulants, pills, because what's life like without a bunch of pills? Shockingly, that lost a whole bunch of money, like $3.7 billion. And then there's this. The FTT, this is, this is, a, a, um, this is the um, FTT tokens that came from FTX. I'll try to keep these things straight. They were using this, okay, this is your safe tokens, and this is, well, okay, but then they took the money again, and it's not just investments now. They started to loan monies to their personal, ex- to, to, to FTX executives, as much as $4.1 billion. But here's the fun fact. No collateral <laughs> there was nothing securing the loans sam bakeman freed loaned himself one billion dollars of other people's money and another 2.3 billion to an entity called paper bird in which he held 75 percent control this isn't to mention the houses that his parents bought I understand it to be in the $120 million to $200 million range in the Bahamas. Oh, and then there's this, and we'll talk with Zach about it. Why was FTX buying small banks? How were they allowed to buy small banks? They're not even a United States-based entity. How did they get away with this? Well, I think we know. They bought the regulators. Uh, I had a conversation with a gentleman uh, that was supposed to go 15 minutes long and it went an hour because I started digging into what he does, does and why he does it. He's the, um, the guy who runs and the CEO of Healthy Cell. And he comes from a background of patient care. People who operate outside of the mobbed up insurance uh, and, and, and big, big hospital cartel. It's in his blood. And when he decided to get into his own business, he started to study um, proactive healthcare. Because there's, there's, you know, there's responsive healthcare. You have a problem. You seek to go get it fixed. But being ahead of your healthcare, being proactive, this is what he started to study. What would that look like? And in studying that, he began to dig into the supplement industry. So this is the vitamins you, you have on your shelf. The supplements in in pill form you have on your shelf or the sleep aids you have on your shelf. And what he found out when he began to study this and look at the uh, the science behind all this is they're still using sort of 1930s technology to do this, like the capsules and pills. And more than 240 million Americans are taking taking supplements daily in pill form. And it is poorly, poorly absorbed by your body. Nutrients in pill form are mostly from solid particles that are 10 to 100 times too big to absorb. And even the ones that break down, they have problems absorbing. So I talked to him a long time about this. So there's three core products that I am using. There's a focus and recall product, and it's in what's called a micro gel. 
So instead of your third cup of coffee, use this. The microgel instantly absorbs. I mean, it gets straight to you. And instantly it tastes great. And it can increase mental speed, learning, etc. It's pretty instant impact. And it works by providing neurotransmitter support. And this is scientifically backed evidence that nutrients support these neurotransmitters for much better focus. Now, that's the daytime. Nighttime, I, I just beg you to try two products. One is the, the daily vitamin. And take that at night. Sleep with it. And a sleep aid. I'd taken melatonin for years, and it screwed me up. And I have friends who take melatonin, and they're fine with it. But if melatonin knocks you out, you don't really sleep, but you pass out. You don't get the REM sleep. That's not quality sleep. And it's courtesy of this new relationship to use their trademarked microgel technology, we set up a website. It's healthycell.com slash Todd. That's healthycell, C-E-L-L. Dot com slash Todd. Use promo code Todd. Get 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com slash Todd. Promo code Todd. Well, Zach, you heard the long list of crimes. <laughs> That's it. Well, I don't want to say crimes because I don't want to get in trouble. Alleged crimes committed by, um, by Sam Bankman-Fried. So welcome back to the Todd Herman Show, Zach. It's good to be back, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, heck of a text you sent saying uh, there's stuff blowing your mind, but got to get to that. But I, I just need to start with the Sam Bankman Freed and the Wall Street Journal. Zach is still trying to pretend the Wall Street Journal is still trying to pretend um, that this guy is, you know, straight up just, oh, he just got over his head uh, when I don't know. To me, this is clearly a massive criminal act. <laughs> yeah, um, I. I, I suppose, like, I suppose there's the potential for it to be criminal negligence. Um, but I, I, I don't know if you heard this. I, and if you hear me stumbling for words, I, I'm, when I sent that text to you, I, I've been in a state of just being perplexed for a while now, uh, as this year has gone on, as the market movements, yeah. uh, there's a lot of other things we can get to, um, <laughs> that are just wild. You may not have known this, by the way, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average just had its best two-month rally on record while yeah. interest rates are going to the moon and earnings are falling off a cliff. So put that in your in your stack of incredible stuff going on. But um, <laughs> let's get to that. Let's- no, yeah, they on the on, no on the crypto side of it though. Um, it it. Look, you, there are fun, <laughs> there are massive amounts of funds missing. There was clearly there's clearly some kind of back channel back channel action going on with the Bahamian government that looks very untoward. I mean, the bottom line is yes, there's fraud. The question is is what what it is. What is incredible to me is um, apparently you know what's his name, Mister Wonderful or Kevin O'Leary, you know the Kevin Leary, the guy on CNBC. Apparently, in the yeah. in, in in the wake of this, he had lined up with his buddies eight billion dollars of funding to inject in FTX. Uh, hit, I, I don't understand what is happening right now. I don't understand what is happening in the markets in general in the in the in the um uh in the financial sectors i don't understand what's happening with the media um and then the serenity around it too like bitcoin rallying now from 158 up to 172 uh bitfinex is going down they're the next yeah. one and and 
Tether is a complete fraud. That's going to rock the entire crypto space. Um, I have no idea, Todd, and this is where I would bounce it off with you. I'm looking around at everybody sort of acting like he's, well, you know, he might be a fraudster, but he's our fraudster. He's not all bad. There's that. There's that. Um, There's also, I think, a lot of people who are saying, hey, if if, if I go at this guy, he has emails from me. Um, I mean, this guy spread the money. And what this this article that I was reading today from Coinbase contends is that he was pulling customer funds, you know, uh, from the tokens and pushing them over into Alameda, his investment company. Yeah. And I don't know if this you tell me you run, you know, your chief investment officer um, is losing three point seven billion dollars. Um, uh, out of a $10 billion fund. Is that pretty good performance? <laughs> That's apparently what they did. Yeah. Three, seven. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, at the end of the day, the loss is going to be a lot bigger. Um, and then the criminal action. So, so people need to understand that effectively when, when you look at an exchange, even if it's not governed by the United States, right. And it's different. It's not the same, but an exchange is effectively a bank account, right? It's, it's where you keep your goods or your cryptocurrency or whatever in an account designated solely to you. And, and you're the Mm -hmm. only one that can move capital inside and out of that. When you arbitrary, would not arbitrarily, when you without, without consent, move that capital anywhere. That is that at the very basis, that is a, that's a crime, right? Um, and then on top of that, he moved it to Alameda to trade. Now, the next part of this scandal, in my opinion, will be why. Now, w- when you look at frauds in the past, typically you see activity like this toward the end when there's already a hole blown into the balance sheet and they are trying desperately to make really aggressive trades to fill it back in. So that ah. would be my suspicion. Yeah, that would be my suspicion. And there's also rumors going around that they were playing in stocks, not just cryptocurrency. So my feeling on it is, and here's why, Todd, when you have the kind of backing and the people that he had involved, if he wanted to launch a billion dollar trading account out of Alameda, all he had to do was open the doors and ask for the cash. Right? So, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, Pete, you would think that's the, there were that. that, that <clears throat> go ahead. That occurred to me, too, because he had Tom Brady. He had uh, this guy, Mr. Wonderful, apparently, who's still, yep. by the way, defending Sam Bakeman Freed, still saying, oh, no, no, it's OK. He just he, he messed up. Um, and, but he's a good kid. And yeah, he was taking this from one account to another, but then sent up another account. I think it's called Paper Bird. And Zach, this guy was loaning himself and his executive team billions of dollars. He, according to this article, took a billion-dollar non-secured loan. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a gift. A non-secured <laughs> loan at a billion bucks, that's a, hey, keep the money. We don't care. That's that's not a loan, right? No, I mean – To me, that's, that's a, a gift they give. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You just ask yourself a practical question. Who's going to loan a billion dollars unsecured, right? I mean, that's just on the face of it. It's ridiculous. So there's a lot of different, and there's a lot of different ways that we can try to cover up. This is the part of it that I do that it makes me believe that these media outlets are being pressured by people that were involved to keep it quiet because I mean, 
it, it's just fraud, plain and simple. He's out there speaking. I believe he's in New York right now speaking yeah. uh, at an investment conference. Why he's not yeah. in handcuffs. And, and, and he's speaking there with – This is like Epstein-esque. Right, and and he's there with with Jerome Powell. He's supposed to be on a panel with Jerome Powell. And and if I were Jerome Powell, if you if you actually cared about the United States government and the people, you as Jerome Powell would walk in and say, "Hey, Sam, thanks for being on the panel. I want you to meet some friends of mine. They're FBI agents. They're going to be taking you into custody, right? But thanks for being on the panel, and thanks for lying. And now you're going to go be put under oath. But they're not going to do that. Then there's this, and then I want to get to your financial news." This is this stinks more than any of this is that they turned around and they bought a bank in your separate country of Washington in Farmington, a little town and beautiful little town. But they spent two to three times the what what that bank was worth at the time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. U.S. regulators let a company from the Bahamas headquartered in a penthouse that had no real secure assets. Purchase a bank with people's savings accounts and checking accounts in it. How on earth does that happen? But graft. <laughs> so that's that's another thing um, that reeks of fraud, right? Acquisitions like that. Now I'm not going to pretend. I'm not a forensic accountant, as I've said before. So I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what that means. But when a company in a cash-strapped state in trouble, which they clearly already were at the time. Starts buying. I mean, what what in the world does a a company like that, a Bahamian-based crypto exchange, what does it have to do? What what part of its business does a small community bank in Eastern and really small? I I believe you know it's one of the small. I I heard it offhand. Don't quote me, but I want to say it's one of the smallest, if, if not the smallest, banks in the state of Washington. What, what, it had three employees. Right. What in the world does that have to do to benefit? So when I see things like that, when I see the movement of of money from one account to another without client consent, that alone should be enough. Even if it was done somehow in a backdoor way, even that alone should be enough for everybody around this guy to pull back. I mean, that's just fraud, 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 fraud. Then – um, yeah. And, and if you listen to the, the, there's several guys that I know in the business who are who are professional short sellers that look expe- look specifically for fraud. One of them's um, I don't know him, but I follow him on Twitter and we've got several um, mutual connections. But another guy famous for that is Jim Chanos. He's actually the guy that broke open on the whole Enron deal. Um, <clears throat> he, he teaches a, a class on fraud. And, and the funny thing about fraud is it's like any other business. Right. There are hallmarks. There are things that happen that aren't explained in any other way other than fraud. And it's kind of like when it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, right? It's a duck. It's not a goose. Um, fraud's very much the same. And, and if you look down the list in frauds, if you compare all these different frauds, there's all these little different details. But there's also these similarities that always follow because it's what you have to do to run a fraudulent business. And, you know, buying new financial institutions that have no benefit to the underlying business, red flag. Right. Why? What's going on there? My first thought would be now, again, I don't think that this is possible because those accounts were FDIC insured. But typically the reason another financial firm in trouble would buy another financial firm is to get access to their capital. Now, that doesn't appear to be the case. At least I haven't heard that yet. Um, But that is an activity of how does that get approved by regulators? That's a phenomenal question. How does it get approved by regulators when it's being purchased by a company that's never been audited? 
That's another phenomenal question, right? Um, and again, this is a bank. This isn't just some other institution. This is a bank that comes with it a legacy cost, right? A, a regulatory issue called FDIC. Right? How do they go by a firm that is on a, how do you go by that? And, and, and your, your, the accounts are backed by FDIC and yet they don't even, they, they, no one's ever even audited you. Um, it's just very, it, it's not very odd. It's just fraud. It's just fraud on the face of it. The details yeah, and, the, and, and the machinations of all of it are going to come out over time and we'll see exactly how it was done and exactly how the goose was cooked. But, um, like I said, I just go back to looking around right now and sitting there looking at all these people involved going, are you, what, what is going on right now? And if it wasn't happening in this period of time, where literally, if you look across the landscape of the financial markets, the, the, these types of scenarios with no explanation, they're just everywhere right now. And it's, I've never seen anything like it, Todd. So I, I can't really point and tell you this is what it means or, you know, this is what it's pointing to. But, um, I, you know, I, I think the one thing it points to is that he is clearly mobbed up and he has clearly oh, yeah. got people with serious sway behind him. How that cat, I mean, think about it on a precautionary basis alone, how that dude was not met by regulators at the airport cuffing him immediately is just beyond me. Right. But and watch if this guy if but Zach, if he gets around, if he gets to turn around and fly uh out back to the Bahamas, then we know he'll never face any justice and they're gonna let this go. But they want Donald Trump's tax records. Right. But it will it all <laughs> they, they they want to jail doctors for selling vitamin D. Right. But it also and it will also tell you what a fifty million dollar donation to the DNC buys you. Right. Right. Because because that I, right. I mean, you're, you're going to try to make the argument that Biden's in president. This cat was just the second largest donor and he they're going to let him fly out on his private jet right back to the Bahamas. You got to be kidding me. And, and, right. and this is exactly. And but Zach, it's not just let me, let me stop you there for a second. It's not just the DNC. It's Mitchell McConnell. It's Kevin McCarthy. Uh, and he did an 18 million dollar favor for Big Pharma and the Fouch at the CDC. Um, by funding a fraudulent fake study about ivermectin. Oh man, he's good. They, they, he, <laughs> right. So uh, he, he's a smart. He spread it around. Yeah, he's yeah. he's 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 smart. He, it's called it's called fraudulent diversification. Yeah. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, you know there is a ton of um, there's a ton of fraud in the. I don't want to say fraud. That's unfair. But there's a lot of dishonesty in the fat loss business. And truly, let me give you some tips because I've taken off 150 pounds of unwanted fat and I've kept it off. And here's some here's some things. If they are not going to sit down and tell you, here's how much uh, unwanted fat we think you'll lose per week. And if your number is not different from someone else, like your husband, male, female, run away. Uh, if they're not there to talk about a maintenance phase and remember those words, maintenance phase, then run away. Because if there's no maintenance phase, they're counting on you putting the fat back on. A maintenance phase is vital and important. If they're not providing you not just convenience foods, but cooking classes on how to cook within their protocol, run away. And if they aren't based in, in actual you know, people care, caring for people's health, and you're not working with nutritionists, run away. Look at the track record. Look at the reviews. Those are open source, right? Uh, in the case of soda weight loss, it's 7,000, over 7,000 reviews. Perfect is 
their average is 4.8 of over 7,000 reviews. Look at the track record of the company. Soda Weight Loss, one location in Dallas, Texas, to seven. They are now nationwide. Why? Because of everything I just talked about. And that maintenance phase, here's what this means. When you lose a ton of fat like I did the last 95 pounds I lost, if I had just gone right back to eating like I used to eat, it would have been over. My body would have sucked that stuff back up. I would have ballooned back. I would have put on 120 pounds. But the maintenance phase locks it in. It's called set point. Okay. Soda weight loss is fantastic at this. And I've met people who dropped 150 pounds with them, unwanted fat pounds, just like me. People have taken off 20 to 40 pounds. And they asked us to introduce you to them. And don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself that starting a fat loss program in the holidays is a bad idea. It's actually a fantastic idea. Otherwise, you can put on another 20 at the various Christmas celebrations and New Year's. It's SotaWeightLoss.com. S-O-T-A WeightLoss.com stands for state-of-the-art because it is. SotaWeightLoss.com. Talking to Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital Management, just talking through this FTX scandal. And when I sent that to you, I thought that would be it. I thought, man, this is big, and this is a lot that we've covered. But then you said to me, there's so many other things that are not getting enough attention, and it blows your mind. So what are people, what's, you know, FTX has taken up all the oxygen. Maybe that's a good thing for some other people. What should we be looking at? It, it's, um, I, I was... I was trying to explain this to some clients on the phone today. I, I I don't know what is happening. What I do know is that I have never seen a period of time in my time in markets. And I've been doing this professionally now for about 16 years now. And then, you know, was in the industry for five years prior to that. So 20 plus years. Um, I, I have never seen as many things moving in completely disparate, um, nonsensical fashions. I've never seen as many anomalies going on at the same time. Again, you know, tying up what we see on the, on the crypto side, um, uh, these exchanges are falling up left and right. The biggest or the second biggest of what's bit, bit that is an out and out fraud, hundred percent. We're not even talking about that one right now. Um, Binance just went under, declared bankruptcy. That's another big one. Tether, which underlies the entire complex, is a complete fraud. Um, and, and when I say that, I'm not making an allegation, right? This is known. And people are still keeping billions of dollars on the exchange. People aren't worried. Bitcoin is rallying the last two days. Um, today, the Fed announces uh, another 50 basis point rate hike. The Nasdaq's up nearly 5%. Um, the Dow Jones Industrial Average just had its biggest 60-day rally on record during a period of time in which the Fed funds rate or the underlying interest rate complex moved up by 125 basis points. And recessionary signals are increasing and earnings are dropping and real estate's in free fall. Um, I, I've sat there and listened. To, now, we know this, but we'll get back to um, – We'll we'll get back to to the uh, what do you the figurehead. Uh, I'm watching a press conference yesterday. Um, President Biden has done everything he can to increase production here, and the reporter sitting there looking at him, going, "He just said four days ago on television, no more drilling." Well, that's not what the president meant. And <laughs> and and but, but, okay. but so 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 I'm used to hearing that level of nonsense, right? 
watching everybody just roll with it. This, I don't know if it's a malaise, but they're treating these out and out lies that are just ridiculous on the face of it, right? We're not digging into something he said at a comp campaign rally three and a half years ago. He said it four days ago and they're, and, and, and they're not calling him out. And then you see stock markets rallying as if the fed just printed another two and a half trillion because they raised another 50 basis points. Um, I don't know what what this all signals, Todd, but A, I do know that it's not good. And um, it is bizarre to have all of these disconnects. Today, you know, there, were, <laughs> there were disconnects all over the place, just in the market. I was watching U.S. government bond indexes trade almost in the opposite direction of the underlying bonds. Um, I'm watching the U.S. dollar get slaughtered while the Fed is announcing another 50 point. Now, they didn't announce it officially, but Powell was basically signaling another 50 point rate hike. And that slams the dollar by one percent. It's like we are living in the upside down, you know, from that show, Stranger Things. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of all of it, but it's so uniformed. This 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 stuff across the complex, it's just giving me the willies, man, and not like the willies as in get out of the markets. They're going to collapse tomorrow, but just scratching my head going, I don't know what's going on here, but this is bizarre. And well, this is this is why you do risk management. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and look, here's the thing that I so respect and, and love about you is you're not supposed to do this. You are never supposed to say what you're saying as a chief investment officer. You're supposed to be out here saying, yeah, there's some confusing signals, but I think the fundamentals are fine. And <laughs> thing to understand about the American economy is it's very resilient. Right. You know, China looks like a big monster, but they've got some problems of their own. And as spring comes around and consumer purchasing uh, is picked up much more for going back to school. I see a period of normalization in this, and this is a rocky ride, But and that's the thing that you're supposed to do, and that's the game you're supposed to play. So I appreciate you not playing it, but let me run this by you. Um, we, I am further and further convinced that people, by virtue of turning their back on God and God's word, I am f- more firmly convinced that they, number one, cannot see truth literally cannot see truth. And we can give the examples all day long, men or women, if they say they are being racist against white people's not racist, et cetera. Um, you know, uh, uh, FTX is fine. Sam Bankman frieds a miss. He, he just got over his head. They, they can't see it. And then I also think that we live in a post consequence society because the, the party has been signaling, Hey, if you're a member of the party, do whatever you want. You want to burn down Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's fine. We'll probably arrest some of you, but not very many. You want to like demand the killing of cops. Go ahead. That's fine. We will probably arrest some of you, but not very many. As long as you serve the party, Sam Bankman fried is, is the, the poster child for you want to basically embezzle people's money into your pockets. And it seems to be your parents' pockets with their 200 million. Uh, in, in real estate, they somehow came to purchase with their, you know, I mean, you get make good money as a Stanford professor, but you're not dropping 200 mil on a bunch of properties in the Bahamas. Well, I know. And he's going to get away with this. So, Zach, my point is people living in the lie and they can't see it. And then living in a post uh, accountability society saying, hey, you know what? In all reality, we're too mobbed up. They can't touch us. So why not just to get together as all the big financial game makers, Steyer calls Soros. Hey, you know what? Let's do this to bonds. Let's do this. And let's make a bunch of money. And no one will figure it out. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, that's as that's as I mean that yeah, that's as good as I mean that's as good of explanation as any. Um and I agree with you. I think that all of those points are playing into it. I think that coming out of I, I also think that there's a Pavlovian response for investors in play here, which is if you see the market action now, it, it, except for these big one day moves, um the bottom line. So there's a lot of things in investing that are subjective, right? And I appreciate what you said earlier, because one of the things that I said, and I thank you for it. One of the things I said when I first started doing the radio show, and I said this to our listeners is, you know, unlike everybody else, we're going to give you the straight story. If I don't know, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. Um, awesome. You know, rather than, and by the way, your recitation there, that whole deal, I'm pretty sure BlackRock would hire you. I mean, you've got them written. I mean, that's that, that whole, uh, Explain that economic market breakdown that you just did. That was um, that was Wall Street worthy, man. Um, <laughs> so, well, yeah. look, one, one thing I know how to do is to put out the verbal fluff because <laughs> I have spent a good portion of my career, you know, poking people when they try the verbal fluff, which is why I don't get opponents of my views to come on with me. Uh, because, like, look, I was watching Fauci. And you speak of this. I want to get back to the financial stuff, but really, this is financial stuff. Um, he was on oh, one of the Mockingbird shows, uh, one of the morning shows on the weekend. And um, this lady said, Dr. Fauci, after Christmas, do you think students and parents should be prepared for school closures? And Fauci says this. Well, I don't know. Uh, when you're what? dealing with a respiratory virus and you're, you're monitoring, uh, you're, you're monitoring uh, the pandemic lifetime, uh, really this depends upon regional viral load. And I saw her eyes go all dreamy. Oh, he said regional viral load. That's very complicated. I'm afraid to ask. If I was sitting there, I would have said, hey, can I stop you there for just a second? Um, since you don't measure viral load, how would you know what the viral load is, Tony? And that's why I'm, I'm, you know, that's he's, but Zach, he is the Sam Bankman Freed of killing people on a global basis. Right. But here, here's, here's, <laughs> that's what, here, here's the question is, who is he playing that to? Because where are the, the average MD out there has to know when they hear that line, that that's nonsense, correct? Nope. Nope. How does the average nope. MD not know this? Because they worship they worship systems. Because look, we have in innate in us the desire. No, not the desire. We have innate in us the need to worship God Almighty. Yeah. It's in us. Just like you know, the Apostle Paul spoke of the fact that, hey, the Gentiles never met, did not know our, our law, the Jewish law. They have not met the Lord, but they know right from wrong. And this is stuff is encoded in us and the need to worship God is encoded to us. When people turn their back from God's, they don't from God, they don't stop worshiping. Right. They choose other things. My friends were just mentioning this the other night in our in our life group. Um, <clears throat> my friend Mark said, Hey, did you notice that when the Hebrews stopped, they turned away from the God of the Bible, they didn't stop worshiping. They went to the Baals. Yep. And you have people who end up worshiping systems. And then there's this. It is incredibly painful for a doctor who went through, you know how hard it is, the residency and how they sweat those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sweat them. Mm-hmm. And to go through that, that residency that long and put that much effort into this and then find out that you are part of a fraud, people will fight that cognitively. They do not want to confess it to themselves. They don't want the pain. And then think of this. If they came back and realized that this is all nonsense, what would be on their conscience? They would have to go to each patient that they told to get injected and say, hey, can I chat with you for a little bit? Because I think I might have given you some poison. Right. 
And what does that open them up for then in liability suits? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I've talked about this on the, on the cast, but I've been going on an apology tour my own self. No, I think I have. Yeah, I did. I, I, I told the story one of the stories. If I've been going on an apology tour with people with whom I treated in an ungodly way. Mm. And it's been good, but man, I, I didn't inject them with a poison. <laughs> well, let's continue to explore this, Zach. And, but let's also get to more of the financial news as we, uh, as we near the end of our time with Zach Abraham. I was always so kind with us on Fridays. Knowyourriskradio.com, by the way. Hey, brother, by the way, you're going to love this. Um, I got a note. Uh, this is from, let's see, I'm going to use just a first name, Jenna. Jenna wrote me this note. She said, hi, Todd. I just wanted to share with you how impressed I am with your friend and CEO of Bonefrog, Tim Cruikshank. My husband and I love the show so much that we wanted to place an order to give bags as gifts to our coworkers. My husband works uh, in local law enforcement. I'm not going to be specific with uh, which with agency. Local law enforcement um, at a uh, at a senior level. And I'm in human resources um, for one of the uh, first responding agencies. After placing quite a few bags into my Bonefrog coffee online cart, we noticed the shipping was quite high. I sent a note to Bonefrog and explained what was happening and how we really wanted to get this amazing coffee out to our friends and coworkers, but couldn't justify spending that much in shipping. The next day, I received a phone call, not an email or a text, a phone call from Tim Cruikshank himself. I have to say, I was a little starstruck when I first saw his name on my phone. Needless to say, he apologized and also expressed his support for the work that us and our coworkers do. I, in return, thanked him for his courageous service for our country. He assured me that the high shipping charges would be corrected and lowered and that one of his employees would be calling me as soon as that was done. Sure enough, his coworker, Mark called me and had me try the order again, and boom, just like that, it was fixed. We now have plenty of yummy bone frog coffee headed our way. All I can say is all caps, wow, what a good customer service looks like. I'm so thankful to you for introducing us to this amazing company. Thank you, and God bless. And as I've been saying, if you are a bone frog user, not yet a subscriber, give yourself the Christmas gift of subscribing subscribing, bonefrog.us. You get 5% off lifetime subscription. If you've not yet tried it, give it the Christmas try for yourself. Great Christmas coffee. And if you are a subscriber, hey, do like their friends did here, this great family, the podcast. Give it as gifts, particularly for people like they did who are in law enforcement and first response or people who have uh, retired or interactive. Send it overseas. Are you kidding me? Bonefrog.us. So, Zach, that's I am I am increasingly convinced that that we are surrounded by people in spiritual blindness. And speaking of markets and finance, I imagine you watched with like uh, probably the same disgust I did this fashion company and the latest one to do to put child porn. Not the kids weren't naked or being raped, but to put hints at child porn in their ads. Have you seen this? Yeah. Are you talking about Balenciaga? Yes. Yeah. Well, and then there's one. I I think they uncovered another campaign. It was either I'm pretty sure it was them, <clears throat> where where they showed actual pictures of naked toddlers that appeared to have blood all over them, and were depicted in some way to have been neutered. Did you see that? That's. Uh- 
Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, and I want to be careful because they don't want to just toss around accusations. Yeah, yeah. That may have been one of her, one of their designers who has an Instagram feed that is horrific. Yeah, okay, maybe. And yeah. it it's satanic, a prone woman laying down with her legs spread in front of Satan. But my friends are not Satan, but an image of Satan. Um, my friend Alyssa just sent me this. This is nuts. So, um, uh, Belengiasa, right? Or how do I say it again? Balenciaga. Balenciaga. So she she took uh, to to uh, Google Translate and she put um, uh, Baal and Siaga. Oh, wow. And you know what that means? Hmm. Baal is the king. Wow. And then she said to me this. She said um, that they changed. She says also in that ad, the Baal part of that word was rewritten as B-A-A-L. Baal. Yeah. Yeah. And so for, for, people, for people who don't know, that's that's a a false, well, it's a, a satanic demon, false god of child sacrifice. And I never in my life thought I would speak these words. I never thought I would do a podcast talking about this or a radio show mentioning this. But how could I ignore this now as a discipled person? And the biggest thing for me is, do we really think that when the Lord Jesus ascended back to heaven to one day come to judge again, do we really think the demons like the Baal said, oh, well, zip it up. Let's head home. <laughs> let's let's not mess with people anymore. So I don't know, Zach. I, 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 I hear what you're talking about with the markets. And you know what it sounds like to me? And forgive my language. It sounds like a uh, it sounds like a financial orgy. Uh, in the in in a time where people kind of feel that their time is short, we better get it now. Uh, does that that probably sounds really overwrought? I don't think it does. And and I, you know, you and I are both not people prone to hyperbole. Um, in my in my business, I can't be. But just, yeah. but but I don't think it sounds overwrought at all. And and again, I don't. Uh, like I said, I, I, I'm not predicting some big, this all adds up to some, you know, one of the things I've learned, whether it's coming from a minister or who, when, when somebody, you know, talks about all these observations and all these different factors, and then they tie it all up for you in a bow, right? That's the part of it you don't listen to because nobody knows Jesus Christ himself and God are the only ones that know and um, how this all plays out. But what I will say is that the, the, it's so strange and it is so bizarre and the disconnect on average, you know, this gets back to a point I was making earlier. There is so much in the world of finance and investing that is subjective, right? And if you don't think that's the case, you haven't done the job in a long enough time. You know, the best investors in the world are right 60 to 65% of the time, you know, which means they're striking out 35 to 40% of the time. And I think that tells you all you need to know, right? Even the best in the world, uh, you know, are failing nearly 50% of the time in terms of the investments they pick. So there's, there's obviously tons of sub subjectivity built into it. But here's the odd part. When you show me like the line right now is, well, you know, the market is priced in a recession, right? And <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah. And, and uh, the market's priced in a recession. And when you see rallies like this, you know, it's the market looking forward 18 months and you're sitting there going, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Okay. You got a market with two out of the last three quarters showing declining GDP growth, uh, inflation at a 40-year highs, wage costs going up, input costs going up, economy stalling, real estate, one-fifth the size of the economy in complete deep freeze. It's actually decelerating faster than it did at any time during the financial crisis. And then you look and you've got a stock market trading at 22 times earnings 
and that's with energy earnings involved, right? So meaning when you want to look at the health of, right, you, you always want to kind of handicap energy earnings because they're coming at the cost of every other company, right? So pull energy out of the mix and you're probably at 25 times earnings. NASDAQ is at 29, 30 times earnings. Okay, with interest rates going through the roof at a historically high pace, people are like, Zach, you don't know how that plays out. And I go, you're 100% right. I do not. But what I would challenge you is find me the last time the market was trading at 22 times earnings with a Fed funds rate between four and a half to 5% and earnings declining at the same time. You know how many times that's happened? None. I'm good to guess zero. None. And, and, wow. and th- that this is the weird part about people like, well, you never know about the economy. And I go, you're right. But what I do know is that higher interest rates do not equal higher asset prices ever, right? Interest rates are the cost of money. The more expensive money is, the less you can pay for the underlying asset that you're financing with that borrowed money. This is not complex finance. So when, so getting back to what your point is, honestly, when you, when you tied it up the way you did, I kind of sat there and I thought, you know, Occam's razor, that is the most logical explanation that you can really pull out of the deck at this point. There really is no, you know, if you would have told people two years ago that inflation would be ramping at a 40 year high, the Fed would have the Fed funds rate at 5% or approaching five, it'll be at four, four, four fifty or 475 after this next 50 bit, bit hike. Um, you showed them the state of the real estate market, and then you said the market's bottomed at 22 times earnings. I mean, you would have gotten laughed out of the room like you were the idiot newbie. You know what I mean? Like, everybody would be like, that's not even possible. Yep. Then you put us in that scenario, and those same people are like, well, you know. And it's just like everybody has just suspended disbelief. They, it's like we've decided, like you said, we're, we're, it's like we're worshiping in the altar of pop culture and, and we're just believing whatever line of nonsense that, that the pastor throws at us. And, and we're just completely dismissing all everything else that we know that, you know, factually that, that, that conflicts with, with the narrative that we're being spun. Um, and I think that your explanation, I, I, I just, you know, you don't want to sound like, especially in this business, you don't want to sound like kooky, but I, I think a, a spiritual malady and, 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 you know, peak um, blindness and and um, all these other things. I, it's, I'm just really concerned. I'm really concerned. W- one of the things I'm concerned about, Todd, is what if markets have bottoms? What if what if the cabal, the regime, you know, whoever that is, the system has figured out a way to finally separate asset prices from underlying fundamental uh, financial fundamentals? Well, but they do. Yeah, no, but, they. But yeah. they. I think. <clears throat> I think they have figured it out. It's just that they just, they don't respond. Right. Look, I mean, when you have, and we need to talk next week about um, the balance in your job as as chief investment officer at Bulwark, the balance of sometimes, you know, feeling like you have to, you know, put an investment or go short against like a BlackRock or some of these, these companies, because I know you work very hard to steward money away from like, you know, flat out pornography and things that go straight against the word of God. We need to talk about that. But when you, and I want to address that next week, but when you have, when you have uh, BlackRock and Vanguard and you have, you know, Steyer's funds and you have uh, Soros's funds and they all have the same political views. They all have the same view of us 
which is the vulgars, the undesirables, the bitter clingers, the deplorables, um, those that should be, you know, uh, eliminated, but very equitably. Um, they, they, they could get together. Am I wrong? No. Or could they get together in a room and say, you know what? Let's stop this stuff. Let's stop with the rationality. We all know we can move markets. We all know if we get together in the morning and say, here's the play. It doesn't matter what the fundamentals are. It doesn't matter what we do with bonds. That stuff doesn't, it only matters if we move our monies this way. And then they go out and they, they bring in some, in, you know, other institutional people. Am I wrong? Or could they just say, you know, forget all math. Let's just go just destroy. You could certainly do that for, 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 I mean, it, it, you know, if you had if you had it that well choreographed, you could certainly spend reality for a little while. The the, the, yeah. the problem is, especially, and that's the crazy thing about this quote unquote the opaqueness of the economic picture. It's not opaque; it's really clear, right? The the one thing they can't do any of that with is interest rates, right? And interest rates have real world <laughs> real world consequences. That's the crazy part about this. If this was a normal time. And we were looking at the same economic indicators, but the Fed was at zero and willing to step in there and print. You know, it's kind of crazy, but but it, that would make sense. That would make sense. Like, it, I, I would not be perplexed if that was the case. I mean, it would make me frustrated that the yeah. Fed was still sitting there trying to prop up a market that's trading this richly, especially with the economic backdrop. But that would make sense. The concrete nature of interest rates, right? The concrete ramifications and impacts of that. You know, take a look at the commercial office space. You and I have talked about that before. But, you know, the vast majority of loans in that industry are at five years. Okay, so that means that, uh, I mean, this is rough math, but basically 20% of the loans in the commercial office space market are going to come due next year. Okay, well, that means that they got to refinance at rates that are two and a half to three X higher than what they're currently at. Okay, that means the vast majority, if not the grotesque, overwhelming majority of all of those things are immediately cash flow negative. Which means what? Well, when you combine that with the loss of value that they're looking at on the on the on the property itself, and then you're ramping the interest expense by two to two two and a half three times, that means that the disproportionate number of those people are going to hand those back. Do you see what I'm saying? So the, their movements of money and machinations can't impact that, and that's what's really just got me perplexed. No, brother, and I do get that. But I, I think my point is, look, when you live in a post-law, post-constitution, post-truth society, and you fashion a low-trust society, you know, why do street gangs in Seattle think they can get away with dealing drugs? Because they can. It's one of the uh, impacts turning our back on God. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please thank Zach with me. Thank you, brother. And please go be well, be strong, be kind, and let's not be one of those people who turn our back on God. Let's fact, let's take a knee. Let's take both knees and pray for mercy for this country.